to the next episode of the Hondo Handy Podcast, brought to you by Ed Hammond Drywall and Custom Painting, including residential and commercial power washing, located at 36722 Roxana Road in Southern Delaware. Call 302-436-6277 or find them on the web at edhammondrywall.com. Our guest today is Greg Tate. How you doing today, Greg? I'm doing well. How are you, Hondo? Oh man, hopefully we can get this podcast going this time. I'm, I'm happy to have you on. I, oh, it's great to be here. Yeah, you have a great story to share. Uh, Greg, let me tell my uh, listeners a, a little bit, uh, share with my listeners a little bit of background on you before we get started. Uh, Greg uh, presently serves as one of the NBA National Basketball Association's Senior Security Directors based out of New York, New York. As a standout three-sport athlete at Stephen Decatur High School, Greg received a fo- football scholarship to North Carolina Central University. At NCCU, he was a two-time CIAA football player as a linebacker. He graduated in 1985 with a degree in criminal justice. He was at Maryland State Police from 1986 <clears throat> to 1994. He was nominated Trooper of the Year for his recruiting and customer ser- community service. He worked for the Maryland State Bureau of Drug Enforcement until he was hired by the U.S. Secret Service. And during Greg's 22 years with the Secret Service, he served under three presidents. He served as the assistant special agent in charge of presidential protective division under President Barack Obama. What can I say, Greg? Such an outstanding resume. Uh, Thank you. Yes, yeah, Steve Decatur, Berlin, Ocean City, and I guess the entire state of Maryland should be proud of you. Uh, as I am. Thank you. I, I appreciate all the love and support over the years that uh, everyone has shown me from the Eastern Shore, and I'm I'm proud to proud to be a member and uh, uh, a product of the Eastern Shore. There we go. Hey, Greg, tell my listeners a little bit about your upbringing, maybe where you grew up, and uh, if you played any sports in the community uh, when you were young. Absolutely. I'm I'm from Berlin, um, from Germantown, as it's called. Uh, yes. yes, Harrison Road, Route 3, Box 512. Still by your address. <laughs> yes, yes, that's an old address okay. before they changed it. Um, but no, I, I grew up playing uh, Little League uh, baseball um, uh, right out to the, uh, we used to call it the highway, um, okay. after going to the town of Berlin. Uh, right. right by the graveyard. I played little league baseball for approximately four years. I also played football, uh, Pop Warner football, where we played. I played for the Berlin Tornadoes and the Berlin Hurricanes, where we went undefeated for three years. Oh wow! We, we never lost the game. Thank you. Uh, you also played Pony League. Um, no Pony League. They just stopped uh, Pony League. My eighth grade year. It was time to play on the Pony League, and that's when it dissolved. Um, we didn't have a Pony League, so we missed one year of football, unfortunately. Well, Greg, I know uh, you had an athletic family. Uh, it must have been a challenge growing up, uh, uh, being the youngest of eight siblings uh, when you were when it came to sports. Absolutely. Not only when it came to sports, just being, just living in a household with three bedrooms and uh, two bathrooms for eight siblings, and with me being the youngest, uh, even eating our food, I, um, I would get food taken off my plate. Um, that the foundation anyway for for me, because everyone else was um, older than me, 
Um, they were my role models. They were who I looked up to and, and playing sports and, and lived. Right. They taught me about hard work and dedication. So uh, that set my uh, entire foundation for where I am today, for what I learned when I was young, um, always getting beat up and always getting seconds to, to just work hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, Greg, uh, when you moved on and went to Stephen Gator High School, um, uh, where I graduated from. What sports did you play? I played football, basketball, and ran track. Um, I did that for all four years. Well, I know you, you were captain of the basketball team one year when you were uh, all-conference second team and third team, must be in your junior, senior years. And then football, you were also captain. Uh, and you played with some of the guys, uh, a lot of guys, I know, especially a family member of mine, Kenny Fuchs. He always talks about you. <laughs> and um, go ahead. Uh, absolutely, um, Kenny. Kenny was a Kenny was a great baseball player, and he was a uh, he was a uh, excellent football player as well. Um, baseball. Once we got to high school, I don't know what it was, but at Stephen Decatur, uh, only a few blacks played baseball at Stephen yeah. Decatur. So, um, even though I played it from little league to pony league, um, once we got to Stephen Decatur, I, I ran track uh, during baseball season and. I played football, and, and football was really my um, – well, a lot of people really don't know, but wrestling was really my my sport. I did wrestle. I, I said I played football, basketball, and ran track. My freshman year, I wrestled, um, and I, I lost uh, one match on the JV team. Wow. Um, that was my heart. But all my friends – play basketball and I could play basketball and once I started playing I started on the basketball team let them in rebounds and was second in scoring on the basketball team but my real love was wrestling even though you were on a team it was just you and the other guy a mano mano between you and that guy so um but I played basketball because all my friends played basketball and I wanted to um that was one of the times that I wanted to follow and be like them um because the, the wrestling matches not many people came to wrestling matches I mean my parents right. always came to everything we participated in I don't right. remember them missing any games that we had wow. from Little League to Pop Warner even though they were out working two and three jobs um, they were still there uh, to our games, even if they made a small portion of it. They were there. Uh, well, you're lucky. You're lucky to have parents come to see your games. Some some kids just don't uh, have parents coming. Right. But you said football. Um, you were you were MVP and defensive player of the year. I guess that in, in your conference or, or, or your team. Uh, yes, uh, I was the defensive player of the year, the Bayside defensive player of the year, my, wow. my senior year. Um, I was voted most valuable player by the players on on my team, which I, I really appreciated. Um, I, I was never uh, afraid of uh, hard work. Um, I, I have to tell you the story. Not only did it happen in basketball, but it happened in football as well. One of my good friends that I grew up with, you would know him if I called his name, but he was he was probably the most athletic person in our class. Um, that could play football, baseball, and basketball better than anybody. But wow. he didn't work hard uh, because he was athletic. And I always tell the kids now when I speak to the kids, um, I tell them hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And, wow. that, and that was me. I knew on the football field, um, I had to work harder. Like my brothers were bigger, 
faster and stronger than I was every last one of them. Now I was, <laughs> I was bigger and I was stronger than, than over half the guys in my class, but compared to my brothers um, and even my sisters and what they did in playing sports from field hockey to basketball, softball, um, they really excelled. And I know I had to work even harder than they did in order for me to excel. So, um, again, that really set the, the foundation because I, I wanted – they were my role models. I wanted to be like them, along with one of the guys that actually played with you, Ronnie Dixon, live um, directly behind us. Yeah. And when I was small, I remember – you guys going to win in the state championship in 1970. And, um, but I remember Dixon and I always wanted to be like him as well. Um, uh, so you guys were an inspiration uh, to me at an early age. So well, well, thank you. And back to football, you also, uh, with that hard work, it led to you being first team all Bayside Conference and first team all County. Um, and then you ran track and field. Um, uh, you had a, good four by four relay team yes we made it to the state championships um and our four by 100 relay team um i think we got fourth and they, they took the top eight teams i think we got fourth in the districts and regionals and we made it to the state championship but we didn't qualify uh when we got to states but that was my senior year my senior year was one of the best years ever um i think we were seven and three in football I was the captain of the football team um I was chosen uh, MVP by my uh, by my teammates and and best right. team, the player um, for the basketball team. I was captain of the football team. I was captain of the basketball team, and we wow. state we went to the state championship in basketball. No one picked us the year before. We weren't that good. My junior year right. uh, it was Ty Neal's first year, and then the second year he won coach of the year. And we made it to the state championships. We won the regionals, uh, the districts and the regionals. And we uh, made it to the state championships at Coalfield House back in the right. day. Yes. Yes. Man, well, I didn't know you guys made it to the states. That was fantastic. A absolutely. Yes, we did. Yeah. Now, now back to your family. Uh, you had siblings that were really good, especially your sisters. Oh, yes. My uh, uh, my sister, Francine, she played uh, – she ran track and, and field hockey, and she was the most valuable player. She scored score, scored the most um, uh, goals yeah. in field hockey. And Renee, um, she played on – I think her junior year, they went to the state championships, um, and they lost in the, in the semifinals, I think. We lost in the semifinals as well. And Renee played softball. She was um, the most valuable player in the Bayside Conference. She hit uh, 12 home runs. And, <laughs> and she, she was kind of a, a thick girl. I, wouldn't, uh, I don't want her to beat me up now, but she was kind of <laughs> thick. So they weren't inside the park home runs. When I say she hit home runs, they were over the fence. Over uh, the runs and she also played volleyball and I think they were um her senior year they were really good in, in uh basketball uh volleyball uh and softball um and they had like uh, a three team three person nucleus um I think they had Catherine Garrison uh Renee and 
I can't think of the young lady's name, um, mm-hmm. but it was one more person and they had played all three sports and they excelled at all of them. So um, they had a great nucleus as well. But no, uh, all of my sisters and my brothers were all role models um, to me. I wanted to be like them. And I had uh, a hard task because each of them had came through and excelled uh, in sports and I wanted to do the same. So I tell you what, you, you have a great family there. Yeah. Um, Greg, after football, after uh, high school, you received a football scholarship to North Carolina Central University. Uh, were there other colleges interested in your talents? Uh, did you apply to other schools? Yes, um, Salisbury Tech, Salisbury State. It was Salisbury State, not Salisbury University. Then it was Salisbury State right. College. Right. Um, they were recruiting me. Of course, they didn't give scholarships, and we we didn't have enough money to go to uh, right, um, right, I, right. at that time. If they weren't offering a scholarship, I definitely wouldn't have been able to go to school. So I had right. North Carolina A&T, North Carolina Central. A lot of them were HBCUs, historically black colleges. I had right. Slippery Rock um, and Shippensburg, uh, okay. all, and they were Division Two. They were all. Um, offering me a scholarship. Now, I did want to go to a different school all my life. I was always Francine's little brother, um, Renee's little brother, uh, <laughs> Donnie's little brother, or this is Benny's little brother. So I wanted to go and make a name for myself. But right. my, my parents said, listen, um, Ronnie and Benny had just went to North Carolina Central. They're two years apart. So when Ronnie was a junior, Benny was a freshman. When he was a senior, Benny was a sophomore. So now it was my turn because Benny and I, we were two years apart as well. So I said, I want to go to another school. And they were like, <laughs> well, we wouldn't be able to see both of the games because both games are on Saturday. Why don't you just go to North Carolina Central and we can go to one game. You'll be there two years with Vinny. He'll help you get acclimated uh, to school. Um, he'll be there. Your big brother will be there. So I said, okay, and I went to North Carolina Central, and it was one of the best things that ever happened to me in my life. So uh, it was a great experience. Hey, thank God for parents, because that didn't make sense. Yes. That didn't make sense. Um, what... what uh, you know, I know, uh, I think Benny was there, you said. Um, what adjustment, what was it like leaving high school and going to college? It was, it was a huge adjustment for me um, because going to Stephen Decatur, I think it was probably 85% white. And going to North Carolina Central, um, it's a historically black college. We had all black coaches. We had all black players, 100 black a player wow. and wow. In this, um, our entire band was all black. Um, so for the first two weeks, the only people at college were the band and the football team. <laughs> so I didn't see any white people whatsoever because uh, at Stephen Decatur, a lot of over half of my friends, all of them were, were, were white. Right, and, right. and I, it was, it was kind of a culture shock to me. And right. Duke, Duke was only like a mile or two miles away from my campus, in in Durham, North Carolina. And right. I said, "Can somebody give me a ride over to Duke so I can see <laughs> a white person?" I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm saying it jokingly now, but I'm serious. I did that. 
Uh, because wow, you did. <laughs> yes, even though Germantown, um, Berlin is kind of split, and, and you you understand how it is on, on 13. Um, right. The one portion, Flash Street and Germantown, is on one side of the highway, and then, but it's, it's, it's integrated now, and it's a lot different than what it was back in the 70s and 60s, 70s, and 80s. So, um, yeah, different now. You adjusted to how, how was it adjusted to all the different players? Um, well, when I, I'll tell you this story. So, um, I have on my letter jacket, Steve Decatur, I got all my track symptoms on there and I got my yeah. wrestling and my basketball and football. And this guy, <laughs> this guy is from Texas. He says to me, what was your school? I said, we were a B school. He said, a B? What is a B? <laughs> he brings out his letter jacket. He's from a 6A school. Oh. His oh school had as many people as we had at North Carolina Central at the time. Um, I think his school had like 4,000 people uh, at his school. I put my letter jacket back in my closet and took it home and never wore it again on campus. <laughs> wow. They were laughing at me like, what is a beef school? We never heard of a beef school. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my gosh. But it, it was it was a transition. Um right. Any sport that I played, I never set the bench before in my life until I got to college. And that was yeah. a experience. I mean, I, I had the freshman blues. Uh, I have to tell you the truth. I wanted to come home. Yeah. Um, but I, I was too embarrassed because I didn't want to. Um, my whole thing, if you start something, you need to finish it. But right. I was. I was missing home and you're sitting on a bench and you're not playing. I mean, Benny was excelling. He was an all American in college. Uh, everybody yes. knew who he was. He was excelling. He started his freshman year. Uh, but then again, it was my old vintage that hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And I'm working during the summer to, to, to get there, um, to get to where I need to be. So for my first year, I didn't even touch the field. The team traveled. I didn't even go. Um, so you're only allowed to take, I think it was 65 players back then. We had over 120 people on our team. So you had to make the traveling team. Right. So my freshman year, um, I didn't make the traveling team. So I went in the cafeteria and they said, I thought you were on a football team. I was like, I am. Well, I thought the team is playing away. I never went to the cafeteria again, rest of that year while the team was <laughs> gone. <laughs> I always went out to get something to eat because I was so embarrassed. And I said, that's never going to happen to me again. Uh, uh, I'm going to make the traveling team. So I started playing my sophomore year. Um, and then my junior year, I really excelled and I was all conference. I led the team in interceptions and tackles my, my junior year. And I led the team in tackles my senior year. Um, wow. so, and I made all conference again. Um, Man, what a, what a career. Yes. I'm glad you stayed there. Yeah, I, I am too. I am too. I wanted – guess what I said I was going to do? I was going to come home and go to Salisbury State. Um, <laughs> and at the time, they had a really good football team. Uh, right. They were, they were really good in football. But um, uh, I'm glad I stayed as well. Yeah, I don't, I, think your, I don't think your father would want you to come home. No, I don't think my father would have let me come home. That's <laughs> the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so um you played uh like you said the linebacker position right yes okay well um you, you, you must have had a great career because you also got your uh 
degree in uh, what was your degree in? Criminal justice. Criminal justice. Okay. Yes. Um, and you received that in uh, nineteen eighty-five, correct? That is correct. And I see um, after you graduated, you did a, a summer of uh, seasonal uh, officer work in Ocean City uh, before becoming a Maryland State Policeman. What was that like? Um, that was my first experience. Um, I, I wanted to, I always wanted to get in law enforcement. I, I said I wanted to be a FBI agent and I wanted to wear a suit to work. Um, <laughs> if you look at my senior book, uh, my senior album, that's what I wrote. I wanted to be a, uh, I said, I, well, my initial dreams were to be, was to be an uh, NFL player. Uh, but right. that didn't come to fruition. But um, right. um, and then I said I wanted to become an FBI agent and wear a suit to work. I didn't become an FBI agent, but I became a, a, a special agent with the Secret Service. But uh, working for Ocean City um, set uh, the, the standard for me. I went through a two week course. It was the first time I've ever carried a gun. Um, uh, in my wow. life. So we went through a two-week right. course. Back then, you were able to carry your weapon home after just going uh, through two weeks of training. Now they don't wow. allow the seasonal officers to take their weapons home. But back then, um, they did. Uh, so I was there for about two months. And while I was there, I was in the process with the uh, state police. So while I was working in the summer, the state police called and said, um, Greg, uh, we're going to hire you. So I left Ocean City right in the middle of the summer and went with the state police. Uh, again, wow. um, we were talking about uh, uh, Ronnie Dixon uh, um, as a role model for me, watching him coming up. Uh, <clears throat> I think in 70, when y'all won the championship, I was only seven years old, but I remember. And I remember Ronnie all the time. But then I saw that he was a state trooper. Right. And I wanted right. to become a, a Maryland state trooper as, as well. Uh, so that was all was part of it. Your, your role model. Oh, oh yes. Yes. Well, um, you became a uh, Maryland state police and uh, I guess you were there for 1986 to 1994. But I guess after your first training, you were uh, stationed in the Eastern Barracks, which is located in Talbot County. Yes, I, I was I was stationed there. Von Foreman was uh, a mentor for me. He worked in Dorchester yes. County, and yes. I, and yes, and I worked in Talbot County. Um, so it was uh, again. I, I think about all the things that that we used to do. I mean, my shift partner back then could be. 20 to 30 minutes away from me. I mean, you're stopping cars. We, you didn't have a lot of street lights. You didn't have um, uh, the sheriff's department closed up at 10 at 10 p.m. So as a trooper, you're the only one out there on the road. I, I can only sit back and imagine that now. I, I wasn't scared, um, but to think about that um, now, uh, yeah, you would never do that now. Yeah. Absolutely um, not. Right. Uh, well, uh, you know, being in Eastern, uh, that must have been 
kind of good because it wasn't that far from home from Berlin. Yes, um, I wanted to be assigned. They asked me that I wanted to be assigned in Berlin. I didn't. Um, one of the things I wanted to learn my craft first before right. you know you stopping friends, you're stopping family, and right, right, everybody right. wants a break. I didn't even want to go through that, so I drove. Um, 70 miles, uh, I think it's about 70 miles to Easton every day, back and forth. Um, oh, you, were, you were staying in Berlin. Yes, I was, I was staying uh, in oh, Berlin, and, oh, wow. and, and I drove back and forth. Because back then, I think as a trooper, I, I still have my check. I, I made 14000 or $15,000 a year as a Maryland State Trooper back in 1986. Wow. And the police academy was was the longest academy um, in the United States. It was six months. We had guys going home on the weekends and committing suicide. That's how stressful it was. Oh. Yes, six months. We had to clean uh, urinals with toothbrush. You had to stand at attention every morning. You had to get your room inspected. I slept on my bed for the first month. And then after that, I slept on the floor because I didn't want to mess up my bed because we had to do inspections. And when you got inspections, <laughs> if you got 10 demerits in a week, you weren't going home that weekend. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> so all of this, this foundation that was created with hard work and de dedication, I mean, it started and then it, it just uh, it just kept going throughout throughout my life. And, yes, yes. Well, Greg, you were nominated for Troop of the Year uh, for your outstanding recruiting and, and community service. Uh, what did that, mean, that award mean to you? Um, it meant a lot. I, I didn't win the award. I was nominated. You were each, not, each, you were nominated right? each, yes, yeah. each, each barrack uh, nominates their troopers, but it was someone uh, from up on the Western Shore that actually won the award. Um, but it meant, a, it meant a lot to me um, yes. because I always believe in paying it forward. And, and as a trooper, and as law enforcement, it may not look like it now, but back in the day, especially for me, and I can only speak for me, that it was more about uh, serving the community. Being there, being a role model, um, talking to the kids, even though it was in Easton, um, I went out to the high schools um, um, to wow. recruit for cadets to speak to um, the kids at the high school um, right. because most of them, they didn't see, you know, just like it is now, you don't see many uh, black teachers, um, uh, male teachers, even in this county now. And as we speak, I don't think Steve Nicator has any. Um, um, and I know Lou is working hard to, uh, to change that, but, um, and it's not only just in Worcester County, but in all the counties, um, throughout the United States, there's a shortage of, of male teachers. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I think there's a few out there, but not many. Like right. Said. Yes. Um, you, um, you worked undercover uh, for the Maryland State Bureau of Drug and, uh, and uh, Enforcement uh, until you were, uh, were hired by the Secret Service. Um, moving from the, from the Maryland State Police to Secret Service was a big move for you, huh? Uh, yes, it was. Um, uh, 
in order to become a, a, a special agent with the Secret Service, you had to have a college degree. So I, I knew um, that the state police, I was just, I was up for a promotion. Um, I know I spoke to the uh, captain at the barrack and um, I was going to get promoted on the next list. And I, I told him that I was going with the Secret Service. He was uh, very disappointed because, he said, oh. you know, you had a future. Um, lieutenant Leatherbury at the time, yeah. um, he, he was a lieutenant at the barrack. And he was really a huge mentor for me as well um, because he was the highest ranking black trooper ever in the history of the Maryland State Police. Um, he ascended to the rank of lieutenant colonel. But he was my lieutenant at the time, and I worked for him. Um, but I, I, I told him that I was getting ready to leave because that was my dream to either get into right. the. I had applied with the FBI. Yeah. Yes, I applied with the FBI. I applied with the DEA, um, uh, the federal marshals, uh, and I was in the interview process with all of them. Uh, and the Secret Service was the first one to call. And actually, uh, I did a drug arrest, and I was in Caroline County, and one of my good friends, a trooper from the Western Shore, he was an asset forfeiture, and I was going to testify uh, in court in Caroline County, and he was doing an asset forfeiture for the state police on the case, and he and I were talking, and he said, uh, I'm getting ready to leave. I said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to Secret Service. I said, you are? How'd you do that? I said, I have an application in with the FBI. He said, you do this, this, and this. Man, I, um, I couldn't wait. Back then, you had to go fill out. There was a form. I can't think of the form, but you had to go to the post office and get a federal uh, form to fill out for federal employment. And um, I couldn't get to the post office fast enough. <laughs> <laughs> And within nine months, uh, I, I was hired uh, out of the Baltimore office. Um, initially, when you get on the state, um, the Secret Service, you uh, most people think that you you become a Secret Service agent and you protect the president, vice president. No, you have to be chosen. Like you don't. Um, well, back in the day, you yes, you have to be chosen. This okay. isn't something that you just say I want to do and you walk over there next week. No, that doesn't happen. Initially, when you come on, you investigate um, credit card fraud, bank fraud, counterfeiting. Um, uh, counterfeiting is is why the Secret Service um, actually um, started uh, after the Civil War because of uh, uh, counterfeiting it with five operatives. So. <clears throat> So, uh, wow. yes, yes, they started with five operatives. Um, uh, so those are the primary uh, laws that they enforce. Uh, credit card fraud, bank fraud, and counterfeited. Most people think bank fraud. I thought FBI, no, uh, FBI does bank robberies. They do, right. uh, the Secret Service does bank fraud. So that's what I started in. I started in the fraud unit, um, and I worked in Baltimore for five years. Um, after Baltimore, I, uh, went to DC. I was, I worked for the secretary of treasury. I was the assistant detail leader for the secretary of treasury. Um, wow. so I left from the secretary of treasury. Um, uh, prior to that, while I was in Baltimore, I worked some with president Clinton when he was in office. Um, okay. I did some details. Yes, I did some details for him and, 
Then I uh, went to D.C., um, uh, worked with the Secretary of Treasury, from the Secretary of Treasury. I um, went over to uh, President Bush, and I worked on his detail for three years. Uh, left there, went to Norfolk. Again, um, in Norfolk, I worked credit card fraud, bank fraud, counterfeiting, uh, back in it. There's 100 field offices throughout the United States and abroad. So whenever you work, and most people don't understand, they just think the Secret Service is in Washington, D.C. There's an office in Baltimore. There's one in New York. Um, there's offices in every state um, okay. to, to represent the, the Secret Service. So I went to Norfolk, stayed there for two years. I got promoted, came back. To, to the presidential detail with President Bush. Uh, left from there, I got promoted and went to Internal Affairs. It was called the Office of Professional Responsibility. Um, I stayed there for three years. I got promoted again to go back to um, uh, the president's detail where I became the assistant special agent in charge of President Obama's detail. Um, so... Uh, oh, I, one part I forgot. Prior to that, when I came back initially, I came back. It wasn't President Bush. It was President Obama. And it was um, right before his inauguration. And yes. um, you're talking about being uh, proud and honored to to drive and to serve to uh, for the first uh, uh, black president in the history of the United States, it was um, it wow. was definitely an honor and a, and a, and a privilege uh, to Greg, do that. Well, Greg, I can tell you, I, I can still see that picture of you and uh, President Obama standing there. I think he was doing an accept his acceptance speech. Uh, it was such a proud time for me, and and of course, it had to be for you and your family. Oh yes, it, yes, it was. It was um, it was a humbling experience. It was one that made me want to pinch myself. We were just talking about where I'm from, um, from a small town on the Easter Shore in Worcester County, and Berlin and Harrison Road, Route 3, Box 512. Um, you know, I can't say I, I didn't dream. I didn't dream that I would be standing next to the first black president of the United States, but I did have a dream to ascend to wear a suit, to, to, to carry a gun, to protect and serve. I, I did have a dream to do that, but, but God, Those were your dreams, yes. Yes, yes. But, but Greg, it's not all me, Hondo. It's, um, um, I give all the glory to God uh, yes. for grace and mercy, because without him, I wouldn't be able to do every, anything. And that should have been the first thing I said initially anyway, um, because it's, it's all, he's been better than me than I've been to myself, so. Uh, you, you're absolutely right, Greg. But I got to go back to um, uh, your mentor there, uh, Leatherbury. Uh, what was his highest office? Uh, he was a lieutenant colonel. Um, lieutenant he was second, yes, he was second in charge of the Maryland State Police. Well, um, uh, Leatherbury and uh, I don't know a, a lot of the officers before you got there uh, decided they wanted to play a basketball game. And uh, they were going to challenge the, uh, it must have been the uh, Worcester County Police Department. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they came down when I first started at the rec center in Ocean City, Maryland. And they said, hey, we need somebody to uh, ref a game. And everybody was leaving. Nah, I can't ref a game. <laughs> and my boss said, can you ref a game for him? I'm like, yeah, who else is going to be there? No, just you. 
Just me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, uh, I guess, I guess I have to. I can't, can't let them down. They don't have a refer, referee. So I refereed the game, and man, they were on me all the whole. They at first they said, "Oh, come on, man, there'll be no problem. You know, we're all friends. It won't be no problem." <laughs> as soon as the game started, what kind of call are you making, Leatherberry? All of them. You got. I tell you what, they were running by me saying. Wait till I see you on the highway. Just wait till I see you on the highway. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, they were getting on me, man. And then the end of the game, man, like, hey, uh, Honda, we were just joking with you, man. We had a great time. Thanks to you for, for staying here. We just thought we'd pick on you while you were here. I'm like, <laughs> man, my heart was beating. I was gonna wait till all you guys left before I started my car up. Oh, <laughs> they all were laughing. I'm like, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I was gonna lock up and stay outside when I saw the last car leave. And I was gonna leave. <laughs> yeah, they were a bunch of good guys. They loved to play. Because oh, yeah, uh, Lashley was, I don't know, he was probably playing, and Leatherbury was good back in his day as well. Yeah, and uh, 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 Lashley was good too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lashley actually uh, played. Uh, uh, when I was at Salisbury playing, uh, he went away for pro baseball and came back to Salisbury. And I think by that time I was helping Coach Lambert's coach. Um, Greg, um, you you are now um, currently uh, one of the NBA Basketball Association senior uh, directors in, in in New York, but and that's another great achievement. I don't know how you can top that with with all your other things, but. What I did want to ask you was, and, and we mentioned that you had some dreams, but Greg, what would you tell a young uh, kid, uh, especially in this area or anywhere, about following their dreams? Um, oh my gosh, I, I would I would say you know, um, always follow your dreams. Um, talent is a gift, but your attitude, your work ethic, and your character are things that you have to develop. So you start that at an early age. And, and just understand, be humble, be hungry, always be the hardest worker in the room because hard work leads to success. So I, I tell all the kids, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. That could be on the football field, on the basketball court, in the classroom. Always, always. And I tell them. And, and one of the things, um, and I know you can't go back in time, Hondo, but if, if, if I could, as Steve Nicator, um, and in college, I didn't receive any D's or F, but I didn't apply myself as much as I should have. Right. Did I do well? In my major I, I, at college, I had a 3.0. But at Steve Nicator, I just got B's and C's my whole time. Right. Um, um, when, I, when I could have received A's if I would apply myself. So I always tell them this. Uh, you can take a lot of things away from a person, but you can't take education away from them. You can't exactly. take that. That's something that you have that, that you will take with you. But but just understand your attitude, your ethics, your characters are things that, that you have to develop. Those are things that, that you develop and your hard work. So I would I would tell them that. And that if I had to leave them with anything, that's what I would do. Excellent. Now, Greg, this is um, uh, your answer might be similar to this, but I want to ask you anyway. Um, I'm sure uh, you wouldn't know uh, at this time, but the governor of Maryland, Governor Hogan, signed a proclamation this past uh, year um, making March 2020 uh, Good Sportsmanship Month in the state of Maryland, which would have been great if we had March Madness and 
and all the um, uh, sports throughout Maryland. But coronavirus kind of stopped us uh, and bringing everything to a halt sports-wise. But uh, as an athlete yourself, what role would you say good sportsmanship plays in the life of an athlete? Oh, my gosh. Again, that the, the sportsmanship is a huge part of what, what I just talked about before. Um, yeah. You can have all the talent in the world and have the worst attitude and the worst sportsmanship and the worst, worst ethic and character, and it's not going to get you anywhere. Uh, no I'm going to take – if I'm a coach, I'm taking the player – I'm taking the player that is the hardest working guy out there. You may come um, to recruit or scout a player. And one of the things they're looking at, they're looking at their attitude. They're looking at their, their sportsmanship. Now you can play hard. You can be tough. I always played hard. That's what else. That's what I was known for. I'm going to play hard, but after the game, I'm going to shake your hand. Uh, I'm going to say great game. Um, But you have to, you have to, Hondo. You have to. That that is what the scouts are looking at. That right. is what your recruiters, your college recruiters, and even now with all of these kids going to different high schools and going to these different private schools, because they can get talent a dime a dozen. But right. if you don't have that sportsmanship, that work ethic, that character, they're not going to take you. They'll take the next guy. So, so all of that goes together. You just can't be a gifted athlete and have a, 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 a poor attitude and poor sportsmanship and think that, oh, because I'm good in sports, they're going to take me. No, they'll go to the next person. Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, Greg, um, that is a great response. Well, hopefully uh, we can point that towards some of the athletes around here to, to learn because this podcast is, is a great teaching tool for them. Uh, but Greg, um, you know, is there anything else you would like to add? No. Um, I keep praying. Keep dreaming. Um, if you, if you fall, um, fall on your butt so you're always looking up so you can get up. Um, just just remember, we all persevere, move through and beyond all struggles because it's going to happen. The preacher said. The preacher said this, and this may be too deep for kids, but he said there's three places um, in life that you're always going to be. You're either going into a storm, in the middle of a storm, or coming out of a storm. But you can always take God with you in all of these things. Um, But those are the, 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 the three places that life goes in a circle. But you can make it whatever you want it to be. You can make it whatever you want it to be. Again, talking about attitude, ethics, and character. Um, be humble, be hungry, always be the hardest worker in the room. Hard work well, leads you. to success. Thank you, Greg. I mean, that's a perfect way to end our uh, our interview here. And on that note, I think we'll bring it to a close. Uh, this has been the Hondo Handy Podcast, brought to you by Ed Harmon, Drywall and Custom Painting, including residential and, and commercial power washing. Located at 36722 Roxana Road in Salvador, Delaware. Call 302-436-6277 or find them at the, on the web at edharmondrywall.com. Greg, thank you again. Thank you. For spending some time with me. Thank you. Hey, stay safe and keep smiling. You do the same. We'll do. Thank you. Well, thank you. God Greg. bless. God bless.